Welcome to 2021, our year of the supernatural. We believe that in this year, as prophesied, your life will go above and beyond the natural and that it will be positively and supernaturally changed through this sermon. The teaching you're about to listen to by our anointed shepherd, Pastor Boni Bahati, will challenge you, strengthen and transform you to live the victorious life you were created to enjoy. Listen and be blessed. So today I'm starting a new series. The underground church. You're shouting as if you don't want to shout. Whether you shout or not, I'll still preach anyway. The underground church. So my subtitle today is you must follow God's pattern. I'm going to explain the underground church, but I'll explain it at the end. So follow me to the end. Are we together? So the series is the underground church. My subtitle is You Must Follow God's Pattern. Now, if you are going to succeed in any aspect of your life, of your ministry, of your calling, you have to do that which God has asked you to do. If you are going to succeed in any aspect of your ministry that God has given you, it, it is of utmost importance for us to learn to follow the patterns that God provides. The patterns that God lays out, the patterns that God directs, the patterns that God gives specific designs to be followed. Because our God is a God of patterns. Tell them our God is a God of patterns. So then, what is a pattern? I'll define a pattern by the dictionary definition of a pattern, which is number one. A pattern is, 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 is described or defined as a distinctive style, model, or form. Can you balance my sound kindly for the last time? A distinctive style model or form. Pattern is defined as number one, a distinctive style, model or form. Number two, an original or model considered for or deserving imitation. A pattern is an original model considered for or deserving Imitation. Number three, anything fashioned or designed to serve as a model or guide for something to be made. Anything designed or fashioned to serve as a model or guide for something to be made. Number four, a pattern is the repeated or regular way in which something happens or is done. So that is to say, a pattern can also be designed, can also be defined simply as a plan, original, a guide, an instruction, or a template. Tell them a pattern 
can be defined as a plan, original, a guide, an instruction, or a template. So when I say follow God's pattern, I'm simply saying follow God's original. When I say follow God's pattern, I'm saying follow God's template. When I say follow God's pattern, I'm saying follow God's plan. Tell them about learn to follow God's plan. So ladies and gentlemen, if you are to succeed, you have to learn to follow God's plan. You have to learn to follow God's original. You have to learn to follow God's instruction. And you have to learn to follow God's template. So I have spoken before and said that a pattern is always stronger. And the reason why a pattern is stronger is because a pattern performed in a, in a, in a particular way or in a particular order will always produce certain results. For example, if you take hydrogen, do you know hydrogen? Have you heard of hydrogen? And you take oxygen and mix the two, what do you get? What do you get? Can you get Coca-Cola? Can you get Fanta? Can you get Fanta? If you, move, if you change countries and go to the US, can you mix hydrogen and oxygen and, and you develop Coca-Cola? What will you find? Whether in America or in Kenya, right? Whether in Asia or in Africa. Because patterns done in a particular order produce specific results. Are we together? Are we together? There are certain chemicals in your body that form the saliva, right? Now, however how much you want to change the chemical composition of your saliva, is it possible? Is it possible? If you mix those chemicals, what will you produce? Saliva. There are certain chemicals in your body that when they combine, they form urine. So whether you're in America, in Asia, in Brazil, in Caribbean, if those in the moon, in the International Space Station, when those two, com when those two uh, chemicals combine, what will they produce? Urine. So patterns are always stronger. So when you see certain patterns, it is to tell you this is the result you will get. So you can easily predict your end by looking at your patterns. The reason why I keep telling you that your parents are a, are a prophecy of your future is because your parents are working out a certain pattern, knowingly or unknowingly. And that pattern is producing certain results in their lives. And because we learn by observation, we slowly begin to produce the same, same kind of effects by working out the same patterns that our parents have been working out. So we end up in the same place that they are in. If you choose to drive on Mombasa Road and drive straight without taking any corner, where will you end up? Where will you end up? Can you end up in Thika? Can you end up in Thika? Can you end up in Moranga? Can you end up in Naivasha? Talk to me, can you end up in Naivasha? Can you end up in Kakamega? Where will you end up? Mombasa. Whether you like it, because patterns lead to a certain destination. Are we together? So following God's pattern is placing yourself on a road that will lead you to a certain place. So dear brethren, remember that when it comes to building the house of God, God is not a confused person. God is not disoriented. God has a distinctive style, he has a distinctive model, 
he has a distinctive form, he has a distinctive plan, he has a distinctive original, he has a distinctive guide, and he has a distinctive instruction on how to build his house. God has a distinctive template on how to build his house. So be careful, therefore, not to always follow the patterns that are in your head, but to follow the patterns that the Lord has given you as a believer to build his house. That is always the key to success in the house of God. God wants the church built in a certain way. God wants the church done in a certain way. I cannot stand here and alter the plans of God. I cannot stand here and change how God would want his church done. Because if I change how God wants his church done, I will not get the results that God wants his church to carry. And guess what? Who is the church? Who is the church? I can't hear you. Who is the church? You don't know the church. It's, tell your neighbor, I am the church. I am the church. And the Bible says, upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, Jesus was speaking both the human soul and also the building. So Jesus was saying, upon this rock, I will build the soul. Who is the church? So there's a particular fashion in which God wants you to be built. There's a particular diet that God wants you to get in church for you to be built up in a particular way. And if you mix the certain diets that God wants you, they produce certain results. Like, like the people in construction. If you mix, if you mix cement and, and sand and water, what do you get? Concrete. Will you get, will you get windows? Will you get mabatis? Will you get nails? What will you get? So there are certain diets that God knows if you mix this and this, it will produce this. So God wants you to build you, who is the church of Jesus Christ, in a particular way. And you have to learn to follow the patterns of God to experience certain results. Are we together? Because God has an original. He has a plan. You are not wiser than God. Don't be these people who believe that they are better than God. And you know the people who believe they are better than God don't actually know they are better than God. They think. Recently I was seeing online that the atheists in Kenya were, were having a meeting and they called the meeting How to Kill God. Yeah, recently. I think last week. So I asked myself, atheists believe there is no God. So how are you going to kill something that is not there? What are you killing? If God is not there, what are you killing? No wonder the Bible says, the man, he that says there is no God is what? A fool. A fool says in his heart there is no God. Because if, if whatever, well, how can you kill what is not there? For you to kill something, it means it exists. For you to be against something, it means it exists. So in the same manner, some people think to be wise. But the Bible says, because they did not retain the knowledge of God, God gave them over to a veil mind. So, if you want to be built up in the ways of God, you have to follow God's pattern. You have to do that which God wants you to do. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do his commandments, 
which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God shall set thee above on high. If you shall hearken diligently to do what? To observe and to do. So God wants you to observe certain patterns and do them just as they are. Don't modify it. Don't alter it. Just do it as it is. When you are given a manual, for example, you are given a, you buy a fridge. I see you buying fridge. I see your house having fridges. God will give you a double door fridge. Yeah, the Lord will do it. Now, if you receive a double door fridge like you will very soon in your house. Recently, I had a testimony. I went to Machakos and said, Lord, I'm praying for this church. Give them iPhones. Recently, I had someone give a testimony that after I left, the following day, someone called them and gave them an iPhone. The same prayer I pray for you. May God give you iPhones. May God give you a fridge. I told you my faith for you is that the least you'll have is an iPhone. Not an Android. My, my, the least you will have is what? Now, imagine you get an iPhone. Then the iPhone says the power button is on the side. That's what the manual says. But you decide, no, I want to modify this iPhone. I'm not going to use the power button that is on the side. I'm going to use the battery, the, not the battery, the, the volume button to switch out my phone. Is it going to work? However, how you try, is it going to work? But what if you keep trying? Is it going to work? What if you, what if you keep long pressing? Will it work? Even if you pray, will it work? What if you fast? What if you anoint it with oil? What if you give it as an offering? Will it change anything? Why? The manual says that the power button is on this side, right? And for you to switch on the phone, you have to do what? Long press the power. Because why, why, why so? Because that's what the manual. So you have to follow the manual for you to operate the phone. In the same manner, the Bible says it shall come to pass. If you will diligently obey to observe the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commands, to do what? Observe carefully and to do all. So God wants you to observe them and to do them. If you are going to operate certain results in your life. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 32 verse 8, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go and I will guide you with my own eyes. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go and I will guide thee with my own eyes. So God will instruct you and teach you in the way which thou art to go. So there's a certain way that God wants you to go. And he will guide you and instruct you in that way. So if you want, if you want to end up where God is taking you, what, should, what do you need to do? You need to go in the way that the Lord is instructing you to go in. Right? Right? Let's read the scripture together. Can we read? One, two, three. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should. In the way that you should. And if you choose to walk in that road, I will guide you with my eye. But if you don't choose to go in that direction, my eye will not be there. So God is telling you, if you choose to follow my patterns that I instruct you, 
then I will teach you the way you should go. And not only will I teach you, I will keep my eye on you so you will not get lost. I see the Lord keeping his eye on you. The Bible says the eye of the Lord is moving to and fro upon the earth, looking to whom he may glorify himself in. May the Lord glorify, your, may the Lord glorify, may the Lord glorify himself through you. May the Lord glorify himself through you. So the Bible continues and tells us in Proverbs 22 verse 28. Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Remove not the ancient landmarks which your fathers have set. This is to, this is to say you cannot change the patterns that God has set. Remove not the patterns. Change not the patterns. Modify not the patterns that the Lord has set to get certain results. Remove not the ancient landmarks. Ebu, give me message Bible. Message Bible. Can we read together? Slightly move back the boundary lines struck out long ago by your... Don't move them. Don't alter them. Let the boundaries remain. Let the way that he has taught you to walk in remain. That's what the Bible says. The way that leadeth to life is straight and narrow. But the path that leads to destruction is what? Wide. So God has set boundaries on the road that leads to heaven. It is straight and narrow. But the road that leads to destruction is wide. So you cannot say, Lord, why should the road that leads to life be wide? You cannot remove those boundaries because it's not you who set them. The best you can do is comply by the boundaries and walk within the boundaries. If you are going to get to the straight if you're going to walk on the straight and narrow. Are we together? So you are, tell your neighbor, neighbor, it is up to you and me to follow the patterns of God. So we see in Old Testament, God instructed Moses and others to abide by the patterns he gave them. Now, if it applied to Moses, a servant of God, then I think it also applies to all of us because we are all servants of God. The Bible says we are a chosen priesthood, a royal, a royal, a holy people, a chosen, a chosen nation. We are a royal priesthood. So all of us are priesthood. So we are priests. We are in the priesthood. So if, if it applied to Moses, it applies to you and me. Tell neighbor, neighbor, if it applied to Moses, it applies to you and me. So there are certain patterns that God gave Moses. And I want us to look at four patterns, if I have time. Pattern number one, the pattern of the anointing oil. The pattern of the anointing oil. Pattern number two, the pattern of the tabernacle. Pattern number three, the pattern of the priesthood installation. Number four, the pattern for carrying the ark of the Lord. Pattern number one, the pattern of the anointing oil. Pattern number two, the pattern of the tabernacle. Pattern number three, the pattern of the priesthood installation. And pattern number four, the pattern for carrying the ark of the Lord. So let's go straight to the pattern of the anointing oil. The pattern of the anointing oil. So the Lord gave specific instructions to Moses for the making of the anointing oil. There were specific instructions that God gave to Moses for the making of the anointing oil. Exodus 20, 30 verse, verse 22. Exodus 30, verse 22. Exodus 20, verse 32. Can we read together? 
One, two, three. Moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, mm -hmm. quickly, also, take for yourselves, I can't hear you reading, one, two, three, also, take for yourselves quality species, spices, 500 shekels of liquid meat, half as much sweet-smelling cinnamon, 250 shekels, 250 shekels of sweet-smelling cane. You see, he was giving specific measurements of specific spices, right? Mm -hmm. 500 shekels of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hint of olive oil. Let's keep reading. From this, a holy anointing oil, an ointment compounded according to the art of the perfumer. It shall be a holy so there was a specific pattern that was given for the making of the anointing oil. Go back to verse 23. He said, you shall take for yourself 500 shekels of liquid ma. Right? Half as, as much sweet-smelling cinnamon. So the first ingredient was cinnamon. Oh, that, oh, that's the first one, yes. The first one was, was what? Meat, sorry, meat. Then the second one was cinnamon. And look, they all have degrees. It is 250 shekels. 500 shekels of liquid ma. Uh -huh. Half as much sweet-smelling cinnamon, which is 250. So 500 ml, for example, of, of what? Ma. And 250 of cinnamon. And 250 shekels of sweet-smelling cane. So when you mix those ingredients, what are you going to produce? Verse 24. And 500 shekels of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and an hint of olive oil. What are you going to produce? Verse 25. Then you shall make from this a holy... So the anointing oil was coming from those specific ingredients with those specific degrees. So if they decided, I think, maybe a licosea, I want to manage 500, uh, 500 shekels of, of cinnamon. Maybe I want to manage 450. Or maybe what from the kiasi? Would they have produced the anointing oil? Would they have produced the anointing oil? Why would they not have produced it? Because they did not follow the correct pattern. That's why when girls are baking, I see my wife put specific ingredients. She says maybe a flour or maybe a cup of flour. She takes sugar, blueband, what else? Water or milk or whatever. Not guesswork. They combine specific. Okay, you don't bake. May the Lord open doors for you to begin baking. You'll have an oven in your house. You'll have an oven in your house. Your kitchen will be like a hotel kitchen. You'll have every ingredient. Yeah, you'll have every equipment you need. The girls should be shouting a louder amen. You'll have blenders in your kitchen. You'll have a fridge in your kitchen. You'll have an oven in your kitchen. You'll have a juicer in your kitchen. You'll have a coffee maker in your kitchen. What else do you want? You'll have cutlery in your kitchen. You'll have knives in your kitchen. You'll have utensils in your kitchen. 
You will have flour in your kitchen. You will have non-stick, non-stick sufuria. I'm saying God will give you non-stick sufurias. Non-stick serving spoons. And the Lord will also give you the kitchen itself. With a counter table. And a sink. And water in the kitchen. Yeah, you'll see it practically. One day you'll call me and tell me, Pastor, I can't believe I'm in such a big kitchen. Look, I'm not praying you have those small kitchens of yours. No, I'm asking that the Lord will give you a kitchen. There's a kitchen. There's a kitchen and a kitchen. So I'm asking that the Lord will give you a kitchen. A kitchen that even has a pantry. For storing your, your everything. Your supplies. Now, when you have that kitchen and you want to cook, uh, you want to cook honey glazed pork. One day you'll be cooking honey glazed pork. You'll be, look, in your house, you'll be sitting down to eat honey glazed pork. Look, I know you've never heard about that, but I'm prophesying. After this, go and Google what is honey glazed pork. Because very soon, you'll see yourself seated in your house, holding a fork and a knife, eating a honey glazed pork that has been cooked in your kitchen. Do you believe it? A certain pattern will be followed that will end up preparing you a sumptuous honey glazed pork made by your wife. Because I see God giving you a wife. And if you are a woman, I see God giving you a husband to cook for. I was looking at Victor just the other day. The guy already has a kitambi. Because the woman is using certain patterns and cooking certain foods. Certain patterns are producing certain foods in the name of Jesus. Certain patterns in your house will produce certain foods in Jesus' name. Slowly by slowly, you will see it coming to pass. Let's keep reading the scripture, verse 26. So, the anointing oil, the Bible says, With it you shall anoint the tabernacle of the meeting and the ark of testimony. Uh -huh. Quickly, the table and all its utensils, the lamp, the lampstand and its utensils, and its utensils, and the altar of incense. So he says that anointing oil should be used to anoint specific things. Uh -huh. The altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the liver and its and the lava and its base. Verse twenty-nine: You shall consecrate them that they may be most holy. For whatever the oil touches, whatever touches them, must be what? So when I anoint you with oil, anything that the oil touches, you see this anointing oil that I use here? When I anoint you with it as a priest, you become holy. You become holy. Because the Bible says anything that the oil shall touch, you shall become holy. Verse 30. And you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister as priests 
That's when, uh, when someone is being ordained, like the ordination will have in, uh, in 1st of August. Oil will be poured on people. Oil will be poured on them. And when that oil is being poured, immediately they become holy. That's why when someone has oil on him, oil has been poured. You no longer fight the oil. You no longer fight the person if you want to fight the person. What happens is you fight the oil. Because oil has been poured on them. So before you hit them, you hit the oil. That's why the Bible says, touch not my anointed and do them no because of this scripture. Anything that the oil shall touch, it becomes holy. Go back to verse 29 and give me King James. Quickly. Verse 29. And thou shalt anoint, verse 29. And thou shalt sanctify them that they may be most holy. Whatsoever touches them shall be what? Because whatever the anointing oil touches becomes holy. And what is to be holy? Mean, holy means to be special. What do you give to holy? Virgin, Russia's. That's a definition of holiness. But the first definition of holiness is special. So when oil comes on you, you become what? Special. That's why when you open a business, we pour oil on it. And we say from now on, this, this business is special. When you buy a car, we pour oil on it. And we say from now on, this car is dedicated to who? To the Lord. And it becomes what? Special. Verse 30. Verse 30. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister unto me in the priests, in the office of what? So this is the pattern of the anointing oil. Specific ingredients were produced in the anointing oil. And the anointing oil had a specific purpose. That's why it had a specific pattern. That anything it touches, it becomes holy. That's why we anoint our cars, our houses. When you are paying tithes, I anoint you. Pre-COVID. Now I, I, I can't lay hands on you because of COVID. But uh, the instruction was I should lay, give you oil. That's why everybody needs to have an anoint, a bottle of an anointing oil in your house. Actually, on everybody, go get it. On Tuesday, come, I'll pray for your anointing oil. Everybody, go and get anointing oil. Come with it. Because anything the anointing oil touches becomes holy. And holy means become special. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. When one of you is sick, let him call the elders. And the elders shall do what? Shall anoint him with oil. And pray the prayer of faith, then they shall be healed. So the oil, the anointing oil has power to heal disease. Because it is a specific pattern that the Lord gave. I'm going somewhere. A specific that was producing specific results. So that pattern of the anointing oil was producing certain powers that are in the oil. Another reason why we anoint you with oil is, have you, have you walked somewhere and found that on the gate this premises is protected by G4S? Or, or Mawembili security? Have you found such a, such a placard? Such a signage? This property is protected by Tamka. Now, if a thief breaks into that property, who are the first respondents? Tamka, right? Or G4S, right? Or Mawembili security, right? So, the, the, so the, the, the thieves know if we break into this place, the first people to respond is Mawembili 
security. You understand? That's in the natural. Now, in the same manner in the spiritual, when the oil comes on you, it's like that signage has been placed on the doorpost of your house in the spiritual realm or on the doorpost of your soul. So Satan knows if I attack this one, who is the first respondent? The Holy Spirit. You understand? The Holy what? Because this is the mark of what? The Holy Spirit. Because it was made in a certain pattern. And anything it touches became holy. Pattern number two. Pattern number two. Are you understanding about Mehuma Inje? So, so before I go to pattern number two, let me, let me say this. So it's good you notice that God gave specific details in the instruction on how to make the anointing oil. So the components were defined, the quantities were spelled out, and also Moses was instructed clearly on what to do. So Moses was told, number one, the holy anointing oil was meant for, number one, those going to be consecrated in the office of a priest. So nobody else was to get it unless you're being consecrated into the office of a priest. Number two, he was told ordinary people could not under any circumstance prepare a similar kind of oil for themselves because it would lead to what? To death. Verse 31. Let me show you that in verse 31. And you shall speak to the children of Israel saying, this shall be holy anointing oil to me throughout your generations. Verse 32. It shall not be poured on any man's flesh, nor shall you make any other like it. According to its composition, it's holy, and it shall be holy to you. Verse 33. Whoever compounds any like it, or whoever puts any of it on the outsiders, shall be cut off from his... To be cut off means they shall die. Because it was so holy that commoners were not supposed to make it. And it was not supposed to be poured on anyone. Because anything that he touches, it either makes it holy or kills it. I repeat, whatever the anointing oil touches, either makes it holy or kills it. So when the anointing oil comes on you, it makes you a special person. Then it kills the demons that have been trying to make you ordinary. It kills the struggles in your life and makes you a prosperous person. It kills the thieves of of progress in your life and gives you progress. It gives disease in your life and gives you health. Because it either makes you holy or kills you. Do you understand? So God was dead serious about patterns. God is still dead serious about patterns. Pattern number two, the pattern of the tabernacle. The pattern of the tabernacle. The tabernacle was the residence of God. And God asked Moses and the children of Israel to build for him during their sojourner in the wilderness on their way to the promised land. It was a place for his abode amongst the people. Exodus 25, verse 1 to 8. Exodus 25, verse 1 to 8. Exodus 25, verse 1 to 8. The Lord said, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. See, 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 see. Look, look, let's read that. One, two, three. Start from verse, verse one. Start from verse one. Uh -huh. uh, verse one. Uh -huh. Continue. Wait. 
speak to the children of Israel that they should do what to me? Who was receiving the offering? No. Who was receiving the, the offering? Who was he receiving on, it on his behalf? So if you said, I'm not going to give Moses my offering, who are you denying the offering? It's lack of understanding. Understanding comes from two words. Under and standing. Right? Understanding comes from two words. Under and standing. That is to say, what is under you dictates how you stand. So if, if the foundation under you are weak, you are standing on a weak, so your standing is weak. That's why when they find something that is crooked, they don't try to correct it at the top. Where do they go? So when you don't have proper understanding, it means what is under you is weak. So what is on top of you is weaker. So when you see someone arguing with some things, stop trying to correct the head. Go to the foundations. Tell him, brother, where should I go see Akili? Should I go Ujinga? So to Wakwanza Uji? Rudy, go back to where foolishness is. Deal with the foolishness. Then the guy will have proper understanding. Because it is the scripture. Speak to the children of Israel that they should bring me an offering for everyone who gives it willingly with his heart. You shall take from my. If they give willingly, Moses was to take it. So those who say, oh, me, I cannot make a pastor rich. What are you trying to tell me? Was God telling Moses, go and tell the children of Israel to make you rich? Was he telling Moses that? What was he telling Moses? They should give to who? To me. So those who say, church, in biashara. Come on, biashara. Why would God tell Moses? He says, it's my offering. But God is not there to receive it. It is Moses who is receiving but he's receiving it on behalf of who? God. So it is whose offering? It's God's offering. Verse 3. Uh -huh. Then he specifies. He says you will take gold, you will take silver, and you will take bronze. So those who have a problem when I say, who can give 100,000? God gave specifics. He said I want gold. I want silver. I want bronze. He didn't say I want copper. Did he say I want copper? Did he say I want aluminium? Did he say I want zinc? He was specific. What do I want? Gold, silver. So when I say, who will give God a hundred thousand? Who will give God gold? He simply says, because God, it is God who said, and you shall tell the people that you should take from them copper, copper, aluminium, zinc, mabati, tin, anything you find. What did God say you want? Tumona, you lack understanding. Tumona, you understanding? Let's continue reading. Then he's continuing, he says, you take gold, silver, bronze, Blue, purple, scarlet thread, fine linen, and goats. Then he was so specific. 
si ya kondo, si ya ngombe, si ya horse, si ya dem. Yeah? That is how specific God was. Verse 5. Ram's skin dyed red. So you go and take the ram, remove the skin, and dye it red. You can't bring it as, as black. You can't bring it as white. You have to dye it. What is to dye? To apply color. Badger skins and acacia, mangrove wood, mangrove wood, cypress wood. What? Specifics. Specifics. Eh? Not baobao. Not ebony oak. Not mahogany. Look, tell your neighbor, neighbor, the God you serve is a God of specifics. Not generalities. Specifics. Specifics. That's why he says you should serve the Lord young. And this shall be the order of those who shall serve from the age of 25 to 50. At 50, they shall retire and help the younger one. They shall assist the younger one. He is specific. I want you at 25. You are saying, no, Lord. Let me first go and work for Barclays. When I'm 50, I'll come and work for you. God is saying, no. I want you at a certain age. If the bank does not want you at 50, what makes you think the Lord wants you at 50? Who wants a burnt offering? Who will marry you at 50? Who wants to marry at 50 here? Who is willing to be married by a man who is 50 years? We all want young girls and young boys. Fresh. So if it is us who want fresh things, why do you want to give God what is still? Let's keep reading. The oil shall be for oil for light. Take note of that. Always remember, oil is for light. Oil is for Oil is for, the anointing oil brings light. The anointing brings light. Oil brings light. Oil for light. Let's continue. And spices for the anointing, which we read. Uh -huh. And sweet for incense. Verse 7, and the last one. All rich stones and stones to be set in effort and in the breastplate. Yani God was so specific. Mbaka nataka oils. I want specific stones. He was choosy. He's a picky God. Uh -huh. Verse 8. Quickly, brother. One, two, three. All those things were to make God a sanctuary. The sanctuary that God was being made was being made of oryx. Was being made of gold. Was being made of silver was being made of bronze and goat's hair. And acacia wood. He was so specific that my house must be of gold. Those who have a problem when the church is using 100 million shillings to build a church. If God ni understanding. So once again, I want you to notice that God gave a particular pattern. He gave a particular guide and have a particular plan for the tabernacle, and one that this pattern must be strictly followed. So he said in verse 9, he said in verse 9, quickly, according to all that I show you, that is 
the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings just so you shall make. So you will make the house, the tabernacle, and the furnishing inside, like the furniture inside, I have also shown you. That is what I want. I'm specific on that is what I want. I want furniture made of acacia wood. Not mahogany wood. Acacia wood. I want blue. I want purple. He was so specific of the house and of the type of furnishings should, that should be in the house. Our God is a God of patterns. So follow God's patterns. So God told Moses, you shall construct everything that I show you. Ebu, give me the amplified version for that. Quickly. Amplified. Amplified. Can we read it together? Uh -huh. And you shall make it according to all that I show you. The pattern of the tabernacle or dwelling and the pattern of all the furniture of it. You shall make according to our will. I will show you. Not how you want. That's why I, I tell you, you cannot come to church at 11 and the Lord wants you at 9.30. You can't. You have to follow the pattern. God said it's 9.30. And Lord, where did the Lord say? The Lord said through your pastor. In the same way, all these things, it is Moses who went and told the people. The Lord said I should collect an offering. Perhaps he didn't even say the Lord said. He said I want an offering. And we'll go back to verse, verse 2 and see if, if, if he went and told the people. Speak to the Israelites that they should take. That's the Lord speaking. So when Moses went to speak to them, did he say the Lord has told me? Perhaps he didn't. We don't know. Perhaps he didn't or perhaps he did. But they were to obey. So when I say the church is 9.30 and you come at 11, what are you trying to show God? I want to build according to my pattern. Not your pattern. So you will never end up where God wants you to be. Instead, you will get domination. So as you can see, not only did the Lord want a dwelling place for himself, he also wanted it done according to a particular and specific design. So this is very important if God is to, to, to approve and bless what God, what, what God has asked you to do. I repeat, this is very important if God is to approve and bless that which he has asked you to do. So Moses was obedient to this instruction. To the latter. Let, 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 go, to verse, go to Exodus 40 verse 18. I want you to notice something here. Verse 18. So can you read it together? So Moses raised up the tabernacle, fastened its socket, set up its broads, put up its bars, and raised up its pillars. Verse 19. And spread out the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent on top of it. As the Lord had done what? 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 I can't hear as the Lord had done what? He did exactly that which the Lord had commanded. He didn't reduce. He didn't increase. He did just as the Lord had commanded him. So Moses followed the pattern of God. M Moses, I repeat, Moses followed the pattern of God. Or better put, Moses followed the pattern God described to him. He did not sway away from it. He did not seek to modify it. He did not, see, he did not seek to, he did not attempt to modernize it or to make it modern. He did not seek to make it antique. 
or, 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 or he did not say, Lord, this plan of yours is, is a bit anarch. Let me try and make it modern. He stuck to the ways. He implemented the design to the last instruction. That is why God blessed Moses. That is why God blessed what Moses had done. I see God blessing you as you follow the patterns of God. I see God bless you as you follow the patterns of God. So God manifested his awesome presence and glory as a sign of the approval of the work that Moses had done. Because Moses followed to the latter, that which the Lord asked him to do. Go to verse 34 of chapter 40. Go to verse 34. Quickly. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of the meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Verse 35. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Why did the glory fill? 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 I'm asking a question. Because he did that which the Lord had commanded him. Do you want glory to fill your life? Do you want glory to fill your life? Do you want glory to fill your business? Do you want glory to fill your education? Do you want glory to fill your family? Then follow the patterns which the Lord has commanded you. I see you following the patterns of God. I see you following the patterns of God. And I see the glory of God resting on you. I see the beauty of God resting on you. I see the presence of God resting on you. May the presence of God fill your place. May the presence of God fill this church. May the presence of God fill this church. In the name of Jesus. So God's presence filled the place. Because God had been obeyed and Moses had done that which the Lord had commanded him. So could this be the reason why your life is dry and devoid of the anointing, devoid of the power and devoid of the presence of God? Because you are not obeying God to do according to his patterns. You want to build in your own way. You want to build in your own understanding. You want to come at 11, but the Lord has told you to come at 9. You want to pay 8%, and the Lord has told you to pay 10% of your tithe. You want to pray for when, you, when you're in trouble, but the Lord has told you, pray without ceasing. You want to give when you're forced, and the Lord has told you, give with a cheerful heart. Could it be that's the reason why your life is dry, devoid of power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit? Yes, because you are doing according to your pattern, not according to the pattern of the Lord. Anytime you try to build according to your own pattern, God will not bless it. God will not bless it. Why would he bless it? And you are disobeying him. God will begin to bless you when you begin to follow his patterns. Will you follow his patterns? Pattern number three. I hope you are understanding. I hope I'm easy enough for everybody to understand. Am I simple enough? Pattern number three is the pattern of the priesthood installation. This was for the Old Testament. Once again, God had a guide or a pattern on how this ought to be done. God had a guide or a pattern on how this to be done. Number one, only people from the line of Aaron could become priests. Only people from the line of Aaron could become priests. The reason I say this is specifically for the Old Testament is because in the Old Testament, he introduces another guide on who can become a priest. 
He says, all of you, you are now a holy priesthood. According to the order of who? Jesus Christ. Melchizedek. The king of Salem. Who was a type of Jesus Christ. Are we together? But in the Old Testament, they were to become priests according to the order of Aaron. So only people from the line of Aaron could become priests. Exodus 28, verse 1 and 2. Quickly, 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 brother. Exodus 28, verse 1 and 2. Now take Aaron, your brother, and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister to me as a priest, Aaron and Aaron's son, Nadab, Ahib, Eliezer, and Itamar. Verse 2. And you shall make a holy garment for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. And you shall make a holy, you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. I, one time I saw someone wearing the priest's priestly garment and using it to rub. I said, ah. I said, you've profaned, you've touched holy things. Look, let me tell you something. In all your life, no limitations. Are we together? No, this is a holy thing. I can't touch it. Are we together? Because what comes on you when you touch holy things? I'll show you as we keep going. You have to learn to draw the line and say this is holy, I can't touch it. Muslims themselves know this is holy, I can't touch it. Where John Kemani, you have no regard for holy things. You have no regard. Muslims say their they mosque is holy, they can't enter with shoes. Even if it's called Muhammad Hussein or Muhammad Muanzia, he removes his shoes and, and enters because he says this is holy. You, John Kemani, Bartholomew Wanjiko, son of Abraham, you take a priest's garment and wear it and you're not a priest. So you, you wonder your life is a mess. You wonder your life is a mess. So God was telling him, when it comes to priesthood, they can only come from the line of who? Of, of, of Aaron. Of Aaron. Exodus 30 verse 30. Go to Exodus 30 verse 30. And you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them. That they may minister to me as what? That they may minister to me as what? That they may minister to me as what? Numbers 18 verse 7. Numbers 18 verse 7. Numbers 18 verse 7. Therefore, you and your sons, you shall attend to your priesthood for everything at the altar and behind the veil. And you shall serve. I give you, I give your priesthood to you as a gift for service. But the outsider who comes shall be put what? That's what I was telling you. You don't touch holy things. The priesthood was given to Aaron as a gift. Specifically to Aaron. Now, let me say, give me this phone. Come. Now, this is my phone. Assume this is my phone. And I want to gift her. I want to gift her this phone. Now, when I'm giving her, do you think I'm oblivion of the fact you may not know how to use it? Do you think I don't know that there's a possibility that she may not know how to use this phone? Do you think I don't know? I know there's a, there's a possibility, right? I know there could be a possibility he does not know how to use this. Now, do you think I know that if I give her this phone, 
she may not be worthy of the phone. Do you think I know that? Do you think if I give her this phone, I know that she may not have money to put airtime? Do you think I know that? Now, do you think I know that if I'm giving her this phone, I'm giving someone who does not perhaps bathe? Do you think I know that? Do you think when I'm giving her this phone, I know perhaps I'm giving it to someone who suffered with sexual issues? Do you know, do you, do, 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 do you understand that perhaps when I'm giving her this phone, I understand that this person I'm giving this phone struggles with drinking. But still, do I give it to her? I give it to her as what? The priesthood was given to Aaron as a gift. God knew that Aaron has issues. But regardless, he gave him the gift. The priesthood is given to you as a gift. I am standing here because it's a gift that God has given to me. Not because I'm a perfect man. Not because I'm a holy man. So those who criticize pastors, what you don't understand is the priesthood is a gift. Given to weak vessels. That's what the Bible says. There is this vessel. There is this treasure in Athen. So the, the vessel is Athen, but the gift is divine. The vessel is Athen. It is a weak vessel. It is a broken vessel. It is a vessel with struggles. But the gift in him is divine. And the giver of gift knew that I'm giving a divine gift to an earthen vessel. But he still gave it. The giver of gift knew that Pastor Says is an earthen vessel. Pastor Says has mood swings. Pastor Says has, uh, has uh, when she sleeps, she has nights. Pastor Says, when she sleeps, perhaps she does things that the husband does not like. Maybe she pulls the blanket or, or she fights in the night. You never know. <laughs> but the Lord still gave the gift to this, this divine gift to this other person. That's how mysterious it is. That God knows Pastor Faith is an other vessel. But God still gives her divinity as a gift. I see God giving you divinity as a gift. I see God giving you a divine, as a divine gift. So you see, God was so specific. And he said, I'm giving, this is the order in which you shall install a priest. He said, the priest can only come from the house of, then number two, the priest regalia, the ceremonial regalia was defined. He said, you will make him he will make an effort for, for him. Number three, the consecration ceremony into the office to minister to the Lord was clearly stated. The consecration ceremony into the office to minister to the Lord was clearly stated. That's why it is a whole chapter in Exodus 28 and 29. God was so emphatic that they should keep the pattern. I will go to Exodus 20, 29, verse 35. And thou shalt do to Aaron and his sons according to all that I have commanded you. Seven days you shall consecrate them. So they were so emphatic. God was so emphatic rather that you should do exactly this. The priesthood, look, I want you to listen to this because there's somewhere I'm going. The priesthood was supposed to come from who? Which house? With the house of? The house of, was the regalia defined? Was the regalia defined? Now, was the priesthood a right or a gift? 
Who was the giver of the gift? Now, there are several Bible characters who paid a heavy price for venturing into the office of a priest uninvited. Because God's priests were required to carry out certain functions. It was nobody's business trying to help them or replace them, no matter the circumstance. So if you're not part of the priesthood, you are supposed to stay out. That was the pattern. If you don't come from Aaron's house, you can't be a priest. You can't wear the priest regalia. You can't enter into the tabernacle. Because you are not a what? Now let's look at a few people who wanted to violate this pattern. The first guy is called Korah. Have you heard of Korah before? Korah was aggravated. And, aggrieved, and he aggrieved his friends. And they got agitated for the office of the priest. They said, we want that office. Does the Lord only speak to Moses? That's what they were saying. The Lord said, ah, now you're asking if the Lord only speaks to Moses and Aaron. Okay. I'll show you that I speak. Now the story is long. I don't have to read this because of time. In number 16, we'll read it when we go home. Number 16 from verse 1 to 11. God was so angry. He said, oh, now you've come to a place where you are saying that you, 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 are, you, are, you are better than me, eh? Now the Lord does not only speak to Moses. He also speaks to us, eh? Okay, I'll show you. Go to Numbers 16, verse, 30, verse 31, and see what happened to them. Now it came to pass, as he finished speaking all these words, that the ground, that is Moses who was speaking. He was saying, don't you know that it's the Lord who has called me and Aaron? We did not give ourselves this thing. It's the Lord who called us. That's, that's what the Bible says in the New Testament, that the priest was chosen from among us. He's a man of like passion, but he was chosen from among us to, to first represent himself and also to represent us, who are also weak. So Moses was saying, do you think I, I came here by myself? It's the Lord who called me. I'm not standing here because I, I, because I want to be here, by the way. I'm standing here because the Lord called me. So the Bible says, as Moses finished speaking these words of people who wanted to become priests and they are not called to become priests, see what happened, verse 32. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their household and all men, with Korah, with all their goods. So God killed Korah and all his household and everything they owned because they wanted to violate a pattern of priesthood. Because the priesthood was supposed to come to who? From the house of? So Korah wanted to come into that priesthood and he was not invited. So God said, I'll kill you. Because I told you when you violate the pattern, you end up getting wicked things. You end up, even death can come when you violate the pattern. Are we together? Another guy, verse 33. Let's finish with verse 33. Quickly. So they, so they and all those who with them, so those are, sorry, so they and all those with them went down alive into the pit. The earth closed over them and they perished from among the assembly. God killed them alive. That's how dangerous. Someone is sleeping over there. The one in yellow. You are sleeping, right? Last warning. Sit upright. The guy in yellow, yeah, you. You're pretending you don't know it's you and you, and you know you are sleeping. And I'm showing you mercy. No, not you. This one in yellow. Oh, even you, you are sleeping. <laughs> even you, you are sleeping. <laughs> you, you are sleeping. Sit upright. Don't sit like that. That's why you are sleeping. Don't slouch. 
and write notes. You see, you're not even right. Do you have a notebook? Do you have a phone? That's why you are sleeping. Even you, that's why you are sleeping. <laughs> Look, when you don't write, when you don't participate, you sleep. When you're not a, a, alert, you know there are two ways of listening, by the way. There are two ways of listening. The first way of listening, our teacher of English, is called active listening. Our English teacher, active listening. And the other one is passive listening. Passive listening is what you guys are doing. No, not you, this, this two. Passive listening. Active listening is when you're engaged in the listening, you're writing. So they, we, we ask people to be people who are active listeners. That's what we encourage everywhere. So that you, you know what to write. So you could do the chat, come with your doors. Could you prepare? It's a pattern. <laughs> we break this pattern in Jesus' name. Yeah. So everybody should write notes. Are we together? Yeah. You have low IQ. Yeah, it's a sign of low IQ. It's true, I'm serious. It shows your IQ is low. You lack ability to concentrate and comprehend heavy things for a long time. Yeah. It's a sign of low and another one movements. So another guy was King Saul. King Saul, God killed him because he tried to help Prophet Samuel carry out a sacrifice. You know the story is in 1 Samuel 13 verse 8 to 14. When, when, when he had gone and King Samuel took so long so Saul said, I can help you, Lord. And he did it. The Lord killed him because of that. Because he was not a, he was not a priest, he was a king. Now, another guy is called Korah. No, not Korah. Uzzah, Uzziah. Have you heard of Uzziah? Uzziah was trying to stabilize. Do you pronounce that as Uzziah or Uzzah? Uzzah, Uzzah. King Uzziah is a, is a different guy. You pronounce it as Uzzah. Uzzah tried to one time, King David had gone to get the Ark of the Covenant. And he was trying to bring it back to Jerusalem. So on the way, the, the, the ox that was carrying the, the, the Ark stumbled. So the Ark was about to fall. So Uzzah, who was just a nice guy, tried to go and rescue the Ark from falling. And right out of his good intention, he died. That's why I tell you, the, the path to destruction is paved by... Path to distraction is paved by good intention. Your intention is good, but are you supposed to do that? So Uzzah had a good intention. He was actually trying to save the ark from falling. It was a good intention. Oh, it's a good intention. You don't want your body to become sick. It's a good intention. But where is it leading you? Distraction. Oh, I want the sister to come and visit me because she has no food in her house. So that she can eat, then we go home. It's a good intention. Very good intention. You're trying to help the poor. <laughs> but where is it going? Distraction. Distraction. I, I, I want the sister to come so that we can pray in the house. I want us to hold a repentance service. It's a good intention. But the end is what? The intentions are good. We, I want us to have hours of intercession. Long hours of intercessions. 
eh? and, and repenting. I want us to have a moment with the Lord in my house. It's a good intention. It's a good thing. But it's leading to? Uzzah was like that. Uzzah. He wanted to save the ark from falling. But the Lord struck him. And he died. Because the intentions were right. The intentions were what? The intentions were what? But was he supposed to do that? Who was supposed to do that? The priests. Only the priests were to touch the, were, were to touch the, the ark. So your good intention should be after you've thought, is that in my place? Is that in my place? Is what I want to do a good intention? Yes. Is it in my place? If it's in my place, well and good. If it's not in my place, keep your good intentions to yourself. The fourth person. So the Bible says in 2 Samuel, before I give you, I go to verse 6 here. And when they came to Nichon's thrashing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of the Lord. The Lord took hold of it eh, and took hold of it for the oxen stumbled. Verse 7. Can we read it together? And the Lord struck him there for what? Because it was an error. It was not in his place. So the intention was good, but the intention was a product of error. When you start criticizing a man of God, the intention could be good. He could actually have fallen into sin. He could actually be doing the wrong thing. Yes, he could be doing the wrong thing. He could be, you could be saying, we are fixing the nation. It's true, by the way. You are fixing the nation one at a time. It's true. But is it in your place? Is it in your place? So the Lord will strike you because of that error. So the intention is right. He's fixing the nation one at a time. But is it in your place to fix the nation? Is it in your place to fix the servants of God? The Bible says a servant, of, a servant stands and falls before. So are you his master? So what are you trying to fix? So the Lord struck him for that error. The Lord did what? So what, what error did Uzziah actually commit? By the way, this guy was also a Levite. He was also a Levite. Yeah, he came from the tribe of Levites. But were the Levites supposed to touch the Ark of the Covenant? Were they supposed to touch the Ark of the Covenant? The Levites were musicians. They were not priests. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. The Levites were, they were not. Now let me pause there and tell you something. The Bible says it is the priest who was supposed to serve in the ark, where the ark was rather, in the tabernacle, right? The Levites were supposed to wait outside. The Levites are important, right? Because their role is to do what? I don't know if you understand what I want to say. Follow me. Don't miss out. The Levites are important. Their role is to play music. The priests are important as well. But their role was to, inter to interact with God. So the Bible says that God struck a Levite for trying to help 
an ark from falling. So those musicians who say that we should also be paid because we are serving, with, we are serving in the house of the Lord, where do you get the scripture from? It's, it's, it's musicians who say. It's musicians who say. Uzzah was a Levite. The Bible says the offerings shall belong to who? The offerings shall belong to who? Were the Levites part of the priesthood that was serving in the tabernacle? Were they? But was their, was their role essential? Was their role essential? What struck him for this error? What error going beyond the line? I don't know if you're understanding what I'm trying to say. I don't want to get so I don't want to go so plain. I want those who have understanding will understand. The Bible says, let him who has an ear hear. So you you want to be paid in the house of God. You want to come clean the church, then we pay you. Wow. You want to come play drums? We pay you. Wow. Clap for them. You want to go for an akazo? We pay you. You want to be a shepherd? We pay you. Even Uzzah was a Levite. But when he touched the ark, he was killed for his error. He was killed for an error. Because whatever he was trying to do was not part of his job description. So there was a threat of death when he did that. And pastor, is that in the Bible? Let me show you. Numbers chapter 4. Verse 15. Let me show you the difference between a Levite and a priest. Can we read together? One, two, three. This I won't, actually, this I won't read. You will read all of it alone. One, two, three. Which the sons of Korah are? Verse 16. The appointed duty of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, is the oil for the light, the sweet incense, the daily grain offering, the anointing oil, the oversight of all the tabernacle, and all that is in it, with the sanctuary and its furnishings. The duty of the son of Eleazar, the son of? Take note, the son of? He was to enter and deal with the furnishings, and everything in the tabernacle. The ark used to stay in there. The ark used to stay in there. In the tabernacle. That's where the ark of the covenant was, right? Verse 17. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. Uh -huh. Don't cut off the tribe of the families of the Korahites from among the Levites. Uh -huh. But do this in regard to them, that they may live and not die when they approach the most holy things. And what was they supposed to do? Aaron and his sons shall go in and appoint each of them to his service and his, that they may not what? So he told them, because I don't want to kill these guys, let Aaron go in and appoint them to his service. To the service of who? 
the service of who? To his? The service of who? So the Levites were serving who? The priests. They were not serving God. That's why if they touched the ark, they would die. Because the ark was God. And who was supposed to serve God? Aaron, the priest. Not the Levites. I don't know whether you're understanding. The Levite was serving who? Aaron the priest. But Aaron was serving who? God. So if a Levite sees the ark is about to fall and he rushes to touch it, he dies. But if Aaron rushes and touches it, he? So if the Levite saw that the ark is about to fall, who was he supposed to tell? Aaron the priest. And the priest would run and touch the but he left his place, so the Lord killed him because of that error. Because he was a servant of Aaron. His service and his task was to Aaron, not to God. He was a servant of the man of God. And the man of God was a servant of who? God. It's scripture. Verse 3. Adiba. Let's finish actually this. Let's finish this. Verse 20. The Levites were not supposed to go in and watch while the holy things were being. If they did, what would happen? Pastor, musicians have to be paid in the church. Present worship have to be paid. Dancers must be paid. Somebody be who was who was the servant of God? Who was the servant of God? Exodus what? Exodus three from verse five. Chidayawat lack of lack of. Let's read. Numbers, 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 not Exodus. Numbers, quickly. Numbers is just, I think, after. <laughs> Can we read? And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, uh -huh, Bring the tribe of Levi near and present them before Aaron, the priest, that they may serve. That they may serve who? Who are they serving? Yeah. <laughs> I'm asking a question. Who are they serving? Yeah. Brother, who are you serving? <laughs> who are you serving? <laughs> eh? <laughs> who are you serving? The priests. Because Levites were musicians. <laughs> they were ministering unto the priests. Not unto God. So Uzzah, who was a Levite, left his place and wanted to minister to who? What did God do? <laughs> Verse 6. Let's continue. 1, 2, let's read. Bring the tribe of Levi near and present them before Aaron, the priest, that they may? Verse 7. And they shall attend to his needs and the needs of the whole before the whole Today, Amelia, 
Angelika di Bilia. They shall attend to whose needs? The needs of? And the needs of the? Wendele. Also? Uh -huh. They will do the work of? Uh -huh. Actually, those are ashes, by the way. They were supposed to be. We'll go to verse 8. Go to verse 8. And they, sh they shall attend to all the furnishings of the tabernacle of meeting. They're supposed to become ushers, sanctuary keepers, protocol. And they should meet their, the needs, hospitality of the children of. And to do the work of. They're supposed to clean the tabernacle. All the work. Is it the priest who's supposed to do that? Who was supposed to do that? On behalf of who? It's Bible. The problem is you don't read the Bible. You lack. Verse 9. And you shall. And they are given entirely to him. From among the children. They are given entirely to who? To the priest. Entirely. So if Aaron decides to give them money, well and good. But if he decides not, still well and good. But they can't demand from Aaron because God has given them over. So when you're in church and you're saying we should, you sh we should pay you for being an usher, which Bible do you read? Which Bible do you read? You're saying, oh, me, I'm a sanctuary keeper. I should be paying me 200 every week when I come. Which Bible do you read? Verse 10 and the last one. And they shall attend to their priesthood. But the outsider who comes near. <laughs> outsiders, when they come, they will be put to death. The Levites were outsiders. Because their role was not the priesthood. Their role was to serve the priest. But Aaron was a priest. Unto who? Unto God. But the Levites were servants. Unto who? Are the priests. That's why God killed Uzzah. Because he left his rank. He left his position. So the intention was right. But he led toward death. Ladies and gentlemen, those are the patterns in the scripture that God was giving. So as you can see, there are patterns to follow and to pay attention to. Otherwise, you might bring unto yourself instant death. Your ministry can come to a sudden end. Your life can come to a sudden end and destruction if you don't lean carefully and obediently to the guidelines to the patterns that the Lord has laid for you. So ladies and gentlemen, in the same manner, there is another pattern that the Lord has given to his church. That everybody who is part of his church must belong to that pattern. That pattern is called the love group system. Which is the underground church. So I have shown you 
some of the patterns in the Bible to draw your attention. Sit down. To draw your attention to this very important pattern of church growth, which is the love group system, a.k.a. the cell system. So when the Holy Spirit birthed the church, he gave the apostles this wisdom to grow his church. When the Holy Spirit birthed the church, he gave the apostles this wisdom to grow his church. They had not built churches before. In fact, they had no idea what to do. But the Holy Spirit gave them a pattern to follow. So the church of today is established after a certain pattern that was given to the apostles by who? The Holy Spirit. And this pattern is called the love group system. Love group is cell system, small groups. That was not my idea. That is the idea of who? The Holy Spirit. So our God is a God of patterns. When you don't follow certain patterns, you die. We've seen in the scripture. We've seen in the scripture. So God expects the greater love church will follow a certain pattern he gave. And this pattern is called the cell system, a.k.a. the love group system. So the Holy Spirit had a master plan to develop, build, and grow the church of Jesus Christ. I remember I told you earlier, you cannot build the church of Jesus yourself. Yourself, It is Jesus who is building his church. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, And I say unto you, Peter, that thou art Peter, and upon you I will build my church. So it is Jesus who is building his church, and he's building his church with certain patterns. So anybody who wants to help Jesus in the building of the church must follow the patterns that Jesus has shown us to follow in the building of the church of Jesus Christ. So what is this pattern that the Holy Spirit gave the early church? The pattern was very simple. He told the church, you must meet in public places and you must meet in homes. I say the pattern is very simple. Have church in public places and also have church in homes. Have church in public places and have church in homes. Have church in public places and have church in homes. That is to say, have church on Sunday and have church on Thursday. Pattern is simple. Have church on Sunday and have church on Thursday. Meet in public places and meet in homes. So Lord, we have too many church members, the apostles would say. Then the Lord would say, what kind of problem is that? Too many church members? Yes. And actually it was a true problem. In the early church, they had never built a church before. But when the church, when the church, when after the Pentecost, that's when the church came, right? Because that's when the church started, after the Pentecost. Immediately at, and after the mighty influence of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that multitude were saved and added to the church. Immediately the Holy Spirit came. Okay, pastor, is that in the Bible, Acts chapter 1 verse 15? The Bible says, and in those days, Peter stood in the midst of the disciples, and the number of the names together were about 120. So they were waiting for the Holy Ghost. A number of 100? A number of 100? The Holy Ghost comes in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. The Holy Ghost comes. 
Now, as the Holy Ghost comes there in the upper room, a hundred and, a hundred and, the number is a hundred and, so there are just 120 people waiting for the Holy Ghost because he has told them, do not go anywhere until the Holy Ghost comes. So there are just 120 people. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes, let's read what happened. Then those who gladly received this word were baptized, and that day, about 3,000 souls were added from 120 to 3,000. How do you take care of those people? How can 120 people take care of 3,000 people? Mwendoa, you are sleeping. Hey, I have caught you. Don't deny. You should rather ask for mercy. Were you sleeping or not? Eh? Sema ukweli. Sema ukweli. Were you sleeping or not? What were you doing? What were you doing? Eh? With your eyes closed. Last warning. Last warning. So as you can see, 3,000 people were added. Just when the Holy Spirit came, 3,000 souls were added. If that's not enough, in Acts 4.4, in Acts 4.4, 5,000 people were added. Let's read for us. However, many of those who had the word believed and the word and the number of the men came to about so 3,000 from 5,000. That's not enough. Acts chapter 5 verse 14. Acts chapter 5 verse 14. Now it moved from 3,000. It went to now from 5,000 they, they were not even able to count. The Bible says and believers were increasingly added to the Lord. And multitudes both men and so from 5,000, it went to multitudes. They couldn't count it anymore. So how do you take care of such people? So the Holy Spirit knew the only way these people can be taken care of is if and only if there is a pattern that I established. So the pattern was meet in public places, but also meet in... So this, the list of, of this phenomenal growth was amazing. And it keeps on going. So this massive growth of the church brought about a serious problem. How are the apostles going to care for these people? How are they going? Where could they all gather to fellowship and pray and worship? Where were they going to come to get to... Where were they going to get increasing numbers of church leaders to care for the increasing members' numbers of converts? Where were they going to get? So the Holy Spirit had an answer. So the Holy Spirit gave them the answer. He told them, have church in public places. Example, have church in temples and in synagogues. But also, have church in homes of people. Have church, have church in temples. Have church in synagogues. But also have church in the homes of people. So let's say some, so he was telling them, look at some of the converts who show leadership. And those people, ask them to open their homes. That you may be meeting in their homes. Because that's the only way you, be, you are going to be able to sustain this growth and care for the flock. The only way you are going to sustain this growth is when people who show leadership would open their homes. So that you can be able to care for this sheep, sustain the growth, and keep growing. So the apostles accepted and followed the pattern of the Holy Spirit. They said, 
we are going to do as the Holy Spirit is telling us. And the Bible records continuously that they kept on growing, caring, and loving the church. So, dear brethren, do you want to see increase in this church? Do you want to see people cared in this church? Do you want to see love in this church? Do you want to see multitude in this church? Do you want to see your life being blessed in this church? Do you want to see yourself driving a car in this church? Do you want to see yourself getting married in this church? Do you want to see you get, becoming a pastor in this church? Let us follow the pattern of the Holy Spirit. Let us go to the pattern that the Holy Spirit has given. Let us meet in public on Sunday and let us meet at home on Thursday. That is the only way that the church will experience what the Holy Spirit intends for the church to experience. You see, God was so specific on the pattern of the anointing oil. God was so specific on the pattern of installations of priests. God was so specific on the pattern of the tabernacle. He was so specific on what else? On, on, carrying, on, on carrying of the ark. He was so specific on who should do that. In the same manner, the Holy Spirit is so specific on how church should be done in the New Testament. And he says, if you want the flock to be cared, if you want the flock to, be, to, 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 to keep growing, and if you want the flock to be blessed, they have to open their homes, meet in homes, and meet in public. So the same way the Holy Spirit allowed them to experience success, when they followed the patterns of the Holy Spirit, but when, they were, when Moses was preparing the anointing oil, in the same manner, the Holy Spirit will have us experience success when we follow the pattern of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, which is to meet in church and meet in homes. So do church in the church, in public places, and do church in homes. That's the only way the Holy Spirit is going to be experienced by the church. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 46, and they continuing daily in one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Let's read the scripture. One, two, three. I can't hear you. One, two, three. So they were continuing daily in one accord where? In the day? Then what were they doing in the houses? They were breaking bread in the house. So they would meet in public and they would fellowship in private, in their homes. The pattern of the Holy Spirit is meet in public places, but also meet in homes. That's the pattern of doing church in the New Testament. That's the only way your life will be blessed. That's the only way your life will be changed. That's the only way you will experience God. That's the only way you will be cared for. That's why we have a shepherd who leads a love group in this church. And the work of the love group is to care for the flock. How do you care for the flock? When they have a funeral, who attends the funeral? The love group. When they have a wedding, who is organizing the wedding? The love group. When they are graduating, who is attending the graduation? The love group. So you are caring for the flock. 
then when they come to church on Sunday, we all celebrate with them. We all say, look what the Lord has done to this flock. Look what the Lord has done to this person. Look how the Lord has blessed this girl. Look how the Lord has changed this girl. Look how this girl was struggling with smoking. He's no longer smoking. Look how this girl was struggling with weed. She's no longer taking weed. Look at how this girl was struggling with alcohol. She's no longer taking the alcohol. Where was all that happening? It was happening in the love group. So our work in the church is to celebrate. But where the actual work is happening, where the Holy Spirit is working, is where? In the love group. In the houses. In the houses. They were breaking bread in the house, not in the church. To break bread means to fellowship. They were not fellowshipping in the church. They were fellowshipping in the, in the house. God wanted the church to be built on the pattern of meet in public and also meet in private, in homes. Acts 5.42. Acts 5.42. The Bible says, And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus. Let's read the scripture together. One, two, three. And daily in the temple and in every, and in every, they did not cease to do what? So they were preaching Jesus in the temple and preaching Jesus in the houses. I see us preaching Jesus in the temple and preaching Jesus in the houses. I see us preaching Jesus in the temple and preaching Jesus in the temple. I see us preaching Jesus in the temple and preaching Jesus in the houses. We are opening more love groups. We are opening more houses. That Jesus will be preached in houses. That lives will be changed in houses. That breakthroughs will happen in houses. I see us breaking addiction in houses. I see us changing in houses. In scripture, Acts chapter 8 verse 3. Acts chapter 8 verse 3. So I'm telling you, this is the pattern of God. Even the devil knows. This is the pattern of God. Even the devil knows. Acts 8 verse 3. Can we read together? As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering and dragging off Committing them to? Saul was working for who? For Satan. So Satan knew where to get the believers. He would get them in the houses. So Satan knows the pattern of making the church grow. And he knows that the pattern of making houses to grow is houses. Meeting in houses and meeting in public. So Saul, who was an agent of Satan, would come to the houses to arrest believers and cause havoc and take them to prison. He was not going to the temple. Or perhaps if he goes to the temple and does not find them there, he knew where to find them, in the houses. So when he couldn't find them in the temple, he'd know they're in the houses. The pattern of the Holy Spirit is that we have a small church called a love group, and we have a big church called the Greater Love Church. That's the pattern of the Holy Spirit. And in the same way, there was a pattern for the anointing oil. And they were told, this pattern must be followed for success. There was a pattern for the tabernacle. There was a pattern for the installation of the priest. There was a pattern for the, for, for, for the carrying the ark. In the same manner, there is a pattern on how to do church in the New Testament. After Jesus died, it's the New Testament. And church is done in small houses and in large, large temples. In a large temple and in a small house. So if you're not part of a small church... In a small house, you are denying yourself the benefits that the Holy Spirit would want you to experience in a small church. Because the pattern is, I will work in small houses and I will also work in big. 
So where the Holy Spirit is working is in the small church. Here is just celebration. Addictions are broken in love groups. That's why your shepherd is helping you break addictions. So you, you have been trying to break addictions from the church. It doesn't work like that. The Holy Spirit wants you to fellowship with brethren in the house. That's what the Bible says. Do not despise the gathering together of what? For it brings what? A stimulation. The stimulation is what breaks the addiction. When you are gathering together as brethren in small houses. So when your addiction is breaking and my addiction is broken and the addiction is broken, when we come together, we come to celebrate that addictions have been what? Broken. But they can't be broken if we don't break bread in houses. They can't be broken. We have to break bread together. It is in a small group that you know, oh, come I'm not the only one struggling with this. And you say, do you have a prayer request? Yes. Please pray for me. I'm going through pain. Please pray for me. I'm struggling with kunyonga. Please pray for me. Please pray for me. What I want to do, I don't do. But what I don't want to do, I do. Please pray for me to overcome my flesh. And someone prays for you. And they say, let's hold hands together and believe God for this brother. I hear people in the love group who are prayed and they got jobs. Right? I hear in the love group people who are prayed who are sick and got healed. I hear people who did not have houses who are prayed in the love group and they got houses. Why? Because that's the pattern of the Holy Spirit. We start in houses, then we come to the temple. So if we want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, we have to go back to his pattern. And his pattern is start in houses, then come to the temples. So we cannot be coming to church and we, go to, we don't go to houses. We should circuit the pattern. We are trying to do things our way, not following God's plan. And if we follow God's plan, we will get God's results. If we follow our plan, we will get our own plans. The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right to man, but the end is destruction. Uzzah was trying to follow his plan. And his plan was, that ark is falling. Let me just save it. But what happened to him? He died. Because that's not, that was not the original plan of God. The plan of God is, if you see it is about to fall, tell the priest. The priest will hold it. That was the plan of God. The plan of God is patience. You belong to a small group called a love group. There is where he will change your life. There is where he will minister to you. Then from there, he will ask you to come and celebrate with us in the, in the church. If we don't follow the plan of God, ladies and gentlemen, we will not experience what God has in store for us. How many would want to experience what God has in store? That we can only experience what God has in store for us if we follow the plan of God. So ladies and gentlemen, from the scripture we just read in Acts 8, verse 3, we can see Paul, who was an agent of Satan, knew that saints were either in the temple, and if you don't find them in temple, go for them in their homes. So even Satan knows the pattern of how God wants his church done. He would go and get them in houses, and he would go and beat them up and destroy them. Acts chapter 12, verse 12. Acts 12, verse 12. And when they had considered this thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together. And so when he considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where how many were gathered? Many were gathered in the house when he couldn't find them in the temple. He came to the house. Another scripture, Acts 16 verse 40. Acts 16 verse 40. And they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen their brethren, 
They comfort them and departed. This is Paulo and Sila. After they came from prison, they went straight to the house of Lydia. And there, they met brethren. They didn't go to the temple because at that time they were under threat. So they had gone to the underground church and the underground church is meeting in homes, in houses. So ladies and gentlemen, you can see clearly that the pattern of God is the pattern of us meeting in houses and meeting in temples. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 19. Paul was writing a letter and he says, To the church of Asia, I salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord. With the church that is in there, and the church that is in there, let's read together, one, two, three. Anybody here who is hosting a love group, like you've opened your house to have a love group, what you don't know is that you are hosting the church of Jesus in your house. And nobody can host God and they remain the same. Nobody can host. I'll show you next week. Nobody can host God. I'll show you what happens to people who host God in the scripture. When you host God in your house, things begin to change. It's like when the president comes to your house. Do you think you'll remain in the bed sitter? Do you think your house will remain the same? Do you think your house will be locked? You cannot, your house cannot be locked and you're hosting the president. In the same manner, in the same token, your house will never be locked when you're hosting a love group. Because you are hosting Jesus. You are hosting Jesus in your house. To the house, to the church of Aquila and Priscilla, greet them heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. So there was a church in these guys that it had to be recorded in the Bible. Aquila and Priscilla, there was a church in their house. May it be recorded in the Bible that will be written after we are gone. That there was a house in the house of, there was a church in the house of Judah. There was a church in the house of Victor. There was a church in the house of Joyce. There was a church in the house of Wangari. There was a church in the house of Val. There was a church in your house. May it be recorded. May it be recorded that you participated in the patterns of the Holy Spirit to establish his church. If you help Jesus build his church, don't think that Jesus will leave you empty-handed. He will equally build you. The same way nobody helps the president of Kenya campaign to win elections. And when he wins, he fails to get an appointment in the government. All those who helped him campaign are in government right now, right? Nobody can help Jesus build his church. And when his church is being built, he fails to reward them. He, nobody will ever do that. Are we together? Are we together? Colossians 4.15. I want us to read this together. Colossians 4.15. Can we read together? Uh -uh. Can we read together? Laodicea. Can we read together? Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Nymphas and the church that is in there. So there was a church in the house of this guy. Nymphas. Eh? Nymphas. Nymphas. There was a church in that guy. He was in the city of Laodicea. Laodicea. Lau. Lau. Romans 16 verse 3. I'm done. Romans 16 verse 3. This is the second time Priscilla and Aquila have been greeted by Paul. Can we read together? Kwanza Ona is saying what? They are my fellow? Because they are doing what? They are hosting a church. So they are my fellow workers. We are working with them to build the church of Jesus. 
Let's continue reading. I see God giving us fellow workers. I see God giving us fellow workers. I see God giving us fellow workers. Oh Lord, open, open door for us to have fellow workers who will build with us the church of Jesus, who will participate with Jesus in building his church. Lord, give us fellow workers who will open their homes for the building of the church, who will open their houses for the building of the church. In the name of Jesus. Let's continue reading. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. They risk their own lives. Uh -huh. Continue reading. Greet the church that is in there. Greet the church that is in their garden. Greet the church that is in the temple. Greet which church? The church in the house of Aquila and Priscilla. Greet my beloved Euphantas, who is the first fruits of Archia to Christ. So he, this guy was the he was the first guy who gave who gave his life to Jesus in that town. Go to Colossians. No, we read Colossians. Philemon, one verse two. Philemon, Philemon, one and two. And to our beloved Alphia and Achapas. How do you pronounce that word, by the way? Philemon, one two. Not Philippians. Philemon. Hey, brother. We must hear Philippians. Philemon. I'm scared. You don't have Philemon. Eh? They don't have Philemon. My God. Your Bible, your Bible is without Philemon. It is only one chapter, by the way. No, see, F ni P. Maybe Munaka F. P H I L. E-M-N-O. Philemon. Not Felix. Have you found? Yes or no? There's no Philemon. You're panicking, brother. I'm going to buy a Philemon. Eh? Nikujuju, I'm going to buy a Philemon. Someone help him. P-H-I. Okay, fine. Read from your Bibles. Verse, Philemon 1, verse 2. And to our beloved Alphia and Achippas, our fellow soldiers, and to the church in thy house. Verse 2 now. You found Philemon, but verse 2. So I'm going to look at them. We're going to scare F. <laughs> let's stretch your hands. Let's pray for this guy. <laughs> Lord, help him here well. I think you need to take Holy Communion for your mind. Can we read together? One, two, three. And to the church? In the church, in the garden? The church was where? So the early church did not just have church meetings in temples and synagogues or big sanctuaries. They also had churches in their homes and in their houses. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the pattern that the Holy Spirit has given to the new church so that they can bless the new church. One of the episodes that I'm going to be doing in this series is the benefits of being, of hosting the Ark of the Covenant. The benefits of hosting a church. You will see the benefits that the Holy Spirit wants to come to your house when you have a home church. 
When you have a home church in your house, you're opening up yourself to great doors. To great doors. So whoever wants, their, who, who wants to follow Jesus and who wants to be part of the church must follow this pattern, the pattern of the Holy Spirit. This is the pattern we have to deploy to build a loving, caring, and a mega church that will continue to grow continuously when we follow the patterns of the Holy Spirit. This pattern is what this series is all about. This series about the underground church is about the pattern of how to make it work, how to, make it, how to have it implemented, how to experience the benefits and expect to reap great rewards from having a home church. So ladies and gentlemen, I am introducing to you the underground church. Father, thank you for speaking to us today. I know today was a, a bit complex to some minds, but Father, I thank you because you are giving us understanding. As we listen to this sermon from right now when it's being uploaded on podcast, I ask that, Lord, you open our eyes. The Bible says oil is for light. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, let light come into their lives. As they listen to this sermon, give them understanding of their home church. Give them understanding of their public church. Give them understanding, Lord. Give us understanding. Open our minds and our hearts, Lord. And may we participate in building the church of Jesus Christ together. And may we reap from the rewards of having a church in our homes. In Jesus' name we do pray, believing and trusting. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap offering somebody.